Good morning, everyone. I am so excited to be here. Welcome to um, Women in Ministry TV broadcasts now on YouTube and Facebook Live. My name is Deanna Fullerton. I'm a licensed clinical pastoral counselor and ordained minister for um, pastoral care and the founder of Eagles Rest Counseling right here in Middle Tennessee. Women in Ministry TV prayer line is now available during this broadcast at 1-888-507-7293. And I've got that little, it's showing on the bottom of your screen. So anytime during the broadcast, if you need a, someone to pray with you, just call that number. So thank you for joining me today as we continue to study on the names of God. This is the first time I'm able to show it on my personal Facebook page. So if you want to go back and listen to the first 11 um, episodes, um, you can go to the Women in TV broadcast or YouTube um, channels to catch those. So we, week before last, we didn't meet, or I didn't meet last week, but week before last, we discovered the name of Jehovah Lord. And through our study, um, on that name, I hope that you were able to answer these um, pretty thought-provoking questions. But number one, where is pride getting in the way of my growth in the Lord? And how can I practice more humility? Number two, what truth is Jehovah wanting to reveal to me in this season of my life? And number three, um, number three, what am I placing my faith in? in my career, in my circle of influence? Do I need a faith adjustment to start placing more faith in Jehovah than people or things? So those were pretty um, thought-provoking questions. I hope you had time to journal that and um, just have time with the Lord to get those questions answered. So today we're going to study Jehovah Nisi, probably one of my favorite. Um, which means the Lord, our banner. Jehovah Nisi um, only occurs once in the Old Testament. Um, and that is found in Exodus 7, 17, 15. And we'll go over that in just a minute. We'll read that scripture together. But Jehovah comes from the Hebrew word Hava, which is translated as the existing one or Lord which denotes a God who consistently reveals himself. Nisi is from the Hebrew word, I believe it's Ness, which means banner or a pole with insignia attached. So when opposing nations or groups go against each other in battle, a banner or a flag on a pole with an insignia is flown at each of their respective front lines. Not only is this for a focal point for the troops, but it gives them encouragement and a feeling of hope. And so today, you, I hope that you will see how Jehovah Nisi is our banner of encouragement. And he gives us hope and a focal point. So in the book of Exodus, the whole book of Exodus, you can read all about the redemption of God's oppressed people from Egypt. In chapters 1 through 18 and then God's revelation of his covenant and his expectations of his people in chapters 19 through 40. 
God hears the cries of the Israelites for deliverance. So he prepares Moses and commissions him to stand before Pharaoh as the advocate for Israel. Now, fast forward in the book of Exodus to God opening the Red Sea to deliver the Israelites from the power. So as I was preparing for this message or this um, teaching, um, I had one of those times, and I know you've had them too, when you read something in your Bible or you've heard it many times before, and then you read it again and you see something in the story that you've never seen before or maybe have forgotten. Well, I had one of those moments while researching Jehovah Nisi. So I did not realize that after they crossed the Red Sea, um, and this is, so after crossing the Red Sea, Israel, which was approximately 2 million people, they were praising God for their deliverance from Egypt. And in those first, I've read first two months, first three months. So in the first couple of months after crossing the Red Sea, we, re we read in Exodus about the pres preservation of Israel in the wilderness. Um, God preserves the Israelites from thirst first, and then from hunger, and then from thirst again, and from defeat, and from chaos. And I, the, I guess the time frame is what, um, what I was not aware of or had forgotten that it was only a couple months. All those things happened. So, but, but today, for today, I just want to focus on what God reveals as God reveals Himself as just Jehovah Nisi, and preserves the Israelites from defeat. So, who is Jehovah Nisi and, um the Lord our banner, and what can we expect? So if you open your Bibles or your Bible apps and turn them to Exodus 17, and we're just going to read 8 through 16. And this is the part where he is preserving the Israelites from defeat. So um, starting in verse 8. Yeah, verse 8. So now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let, his, let down his hand, Amalek prevailed, but Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone, Aaron and Ur took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Ur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Verse 15, and Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war 
with Amalek from generation to gen generation. So we see here, and we're going to see that Jehovah Nisi protects his people. He, um, he perseveres in the battle and he, and Jehovah Nisi has promises to his people. So uh, Moses faced with a mortal enemy, he responds quickly. He gives commands to Joshua and, instruction, and instructions to his trusted servant, Joshua. So if we are ever confronted by sudden une unexpected attack from our mortal enemies, like the world, the flesh, and even Satan, the devil, do we respond by quickly seeking out G our Joshua or Jesus? Probably some of us would, and some of us would be like um, frozen in fear, or we would flee, um, or just kind of wait. And so um, I guess that's why, why I'm still amazed that all of this is happening. The thirst, the hunger, um, God preserving his people in a couple of months. Um, so the um, so through trials and tests, Israel had experienced all of this the first couple months in the desert. The people were learning how God was their provider of the necessities of the life of their life. But now Israel had to learn through the testing of war that the battle was the Lord's, and that He alone would defeat Israel's enemies. All their part was. All they had to do was trust and obey. So Moses's command to Joshua was to take a keen look and make a careful, well thought out choice of mighty men that would fight in this battle. Why would that, why would such discernment be necessary? At this point, Israel could hardly be described as seasoned, as a seasoned fighting force. Um, Joshua's assignment was to muster, get a task force going, mighty, powerful, strong men that possess inherent ability to go through trials with fortitude and patience. And this was part of Joshua's being groomed for his military leadership in Israel. So I take this as apply, implying that to be a leader, one must have the ability to discern those qualities in others that will be in that of value in completing the task at hand. And in this case, it was war. So, um, and the fight against Amalek, um, I thought this was interesting as well, giving Amalek's lineage from Esau, in a sense, this battle was a renewal of the age old rivalry between Jacob and Esau. Joshua was called to fight in the valley and Moses would be on the hill. Notice that this unusual strategy met with no grumbling or disputing from Joshua. Here's another thought for you. Would we have been so trusting and so obedient, especially given the unorthodox nature of the strategy? Mm. I would probably not be so happy. I would probably not trust. I would probably not obey right off hand. And I would probably do a lot of grumbling. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
um, so um, one of the commentaries, David Kuzak's commentary, he says of Moses that Moses built an altar, altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner. Though Moses knew his prayer was important, he wasn't foolish enough to think that he won the battle. As an act of worship, he built an altar and praised the name of Yahweh Nisi or Jehovah Nisi. So all through it, um, Exodus 17, we see example of God's power and man's effort working together. Moses struck the rock, but only God could bring the water. Joshua fought. Moses prayed, but only God gave the victory over Amalek. In it all, God received the glory. It wasn't Israel is my banner, or Moses is my banner, or Joshua is my banner. Rather, it was Yahweh Nisi, or Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. And another thought from this commentary, we sometimes are even more aware of the power and the help of God when we work together with him than when we are when God does the work all by our, all by our, when we do the work all by ourselves or when God does the work all by himself. So Jehovah Nisi came after the battle with Amalek, not after the dead Egyptians at the Red Sea. So let that sink in again. We sometimes are even more aware of the power and the help of God when we work together with him than if we do it by ourselves or if God does the work all by himself. Benisi, the Lord is our banner. Well, number one, we need a full understanding and understand wholeheartedly the battle is not ours or yours or mine. It is God's. So, we read in also in Deuteronomy 20, 1 through 4, principles governing, these are principles governing warfare. So you can either go to your Bible or Bible app to Deuteronomy 20, 1 through 4. When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from Egypt. So it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. And do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God it is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. So just like Israel, you and I may feel small and rarely in a strategically superior position. God gave clear commands for Israel to not fear. What any logical military person or you and I would fear. The superior numbers, superior technology, and superior equipment. There is a reason that God states in these scriptures, Deuteronomy 21 through 4, he, it, twice he says, do not be afraid. 
And twice he says, for the Lord your God is with you. For the Lord your God, he goes with you. He wants to highlight a greater fact, that the Lord your God is with you. And he is with you and I. He fights for us against our enemies to save us. And just like Israel was given evidence for faith, you and I will be given evidence for our faith. God loves to prove himself mighty and faithful, and he can be trusted. I try in my counseling office, I try to encourage my clients to journal. And one of the reasons is to keep track of all the times God does prove himself mighty and faithful. So when you're in the heat of a battle, you can go back and look at the times in your life when God proved to you that he can be trusted and that he is with you and he is your Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, your banner. Roman 8.31 reminds us, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? All you need is two. And I love this statement. All you need is two, you and God to make an unbeatable majority. So that is understanding wholeheartedly the battle is not yours, but it's God. Number two, understand we are in a great spiritual battle. So Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. We are all different. God created each one of us differently, uniquely and different. We each have strengths and we have weaknesses. So if you don't already know your weaknesses, I encourage you, encourage you to figure out that's a strength in my life and that's a weakness in my life. And do everything you can to guard against your weaknesses. The spirit and flesh are bitter opponents. It is up to you to use the spirit to battle against the flesh. Will you always win? Will this? No. Sometimes the flesh um, overrides the spirit. And but quickly forgive, you know, ask for forgiveness and then get, you know, then next time try harder or pray harder. Um, but just knowing the fact that the spirit and your flesh are bitter opponents and it's up to you. It's not up to anybody else, but it's up to you to use the spirit to battle against your flesh. Ephesians 6.12 reminds us, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, meaning against each other, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of weakness, weakness, wickedness in the heavenly places. So what is the outcome of this battle? Mastery over your life. You will either be mastered by your flesh or mastered by your spirit. It is worth mentioning here that Satan is a spirit being. Satan is very subtle and his attacks are spiritual attacks with the purpose of you and I acting or reacting in our flesh. You cannot fight this spiritual battle with fleshly weapons. 
meaning with words, with um, actions. Um, you need spiritual weapons to fight spiritual battles. The word of God and prayer are two very effective weapons. So another thing that we need to understand, and that before I go on, that that's a whole. No I just covered just briefly, briefly, um, the great spiritual battle. There is many, many teachers on this subject, and um, so I just I just picked a few parts. That's that's not even dabbling or dabbling into. A whole lot of it. I just want to give you just a brief synopsis of the great spiritual battle that we are in. So number three, understand when we are called to battle, we fight under the banner of Jehovah Nisi and in his strength. Second Chronicles 15, 2015 says, and he said, listen, all of you, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The threat to destroy Judah was very real. Here again, we see God's command, do not be afraid. This is God's battle and he will fight on behalf of Judah. My friend, God, Jehovah Nisi, is the same today as he was yesterday and will be tomorrow. The battle is not yours, but God's. Colossians 2, 13 through 15 says, And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Here, Paul writes to the Colossians about the victory of Jesus over these powers that seek to destroy us. All we have to do is stand fast in his victory. One final word for you. When Amalek, when your Amalek comes, keep your eye on Jesus, your Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, your banner, your signal, and your standard to rally under. When we are distracted, we look around. When we are distressed, we look within. When we are defeated, we look back. When we look, when we are discouraged, we look down. But to be delivered, we need to look up. And to be delighted, we need to look to Christ. So how can we apply all of this to our life today? Have some more thought-provoking questions, things that you can take time this next week to journal about. But who or what are the Amicalites in your life? And what do you need to do about them? Number two, do you have an Aaron and Ur in your life? If not, ask God for an Aaron and Ur. And number three, 
In what ways can you commemorate the victories that Jehovah Nisi has given you in your life so that you can look back and be reminded of his faithfulness to provide victory in his way, in his timing? So um, in a couple of the episodes, I've been sharing some personal stories at the end. And I do I want to do that today because it's very applicable applicable of what we're studying Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner. So roughly about um, 15 to 20 years ago, I recalled uh, one of my first experiences of fear of man and being afraid of, a, of leadership in a place that I thought was a safe place. And I quickly became aware of the control and manipulation and false accusations that were involved in this particular situation. We had just come back from having a mountaintop experience. I personally felt very close to the Lord, but not did not see all of this coming in this particular experience. It was as if it was an ambush coming from behind, so to speak. At that time, I, I was speaking to the Lord, journaling, and just asking the Lord, I need scripture to get me through this. And so I looked up several scriptures on the fear of man, and I spent a lot of time meditating, relying, and focusing on these scriptures. And I believe wholeheartedly it is the word of God that got me through this season and prayer, probably some fasting as well. That is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. He fought that battle and he won that battle. There was victory. And this is the piece of paper. I, I you know, I told you I asked my clients to journal. And um, just as Moses, the Lord told Moses, write this down. And Moses, you know, made a memorial. This is the place where the Lord is, um, the Lord is my banner. And so I have kept my, this in my Bible. It's just a piece of paper that's pretty tattered. It's got worn edges um, of the scriptures that I wrote. I keep it in my Bible so that when I look at it or pull it out, I'm reminded of that time that was a very difficult season and um, just a couple of the scriptures, I'm not going to read them all, but one of them is Hebrews 13, 6. The Lord is my helper, helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Psalms 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 118, 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And Psalms 121, Psalms 31, 6 through 8. Um, be strong and good of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. In Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So I keep this in my Bible. It reminds me. Um, of that time that um, that was very um, 
fearful. I was fear of in fear of man, but God won that battle. And so I just encourage you to um, look to Jehovah Nisi during those times of battles, spiritual battles, fleshly battles, and he will get you through it. He, um, he is your banner. He is my banner. And we are to look to him. These battles are his battles and he will win. He will get the victory. He had, he has the final victory as we read in revelation. So I'm going to close this in prayer and, um, and then, um, close the session up. So dear heavenly father, I just thank you for being Jehovah Nisi in my life. You are my Lord, my banner. And so Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to speak your word. Your word does not go up void. And so Lord, I pray that there, if, if there's anyone that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal savior, that today would be the day that they give their life to you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would show yourself strong, that you would be um, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, your banner over each and every one of the lives that are watching here today. And so, Lord, go go with us, go before us, be behind us, be our rear guard. And so, our Lord, I ask for your protection over us. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for Women in Ministry TV broadcast. And I thank you for... Um, my family and friends. And so Lord, we just give you, um, we just give you all the praise and all the glory for the victories that were won in days past and the victories that will be won today and in the future. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Thank you again for watching me, um, for joining me today. I hope that you will tune in. Once again, next Friday at 11 o'clock, Women in Ministry TV broadcast YouTube channel or Women in Ministry TV broadcast Facebook page or my, my personal Facebook page for the month of April. So, and we're going to just continue discovering our more precious names of God. I will also upload this broadcast to my podcast, Devotions with Deanna. And if you have specific prayer requests, you can call this number. Or if you like me to personally pray for you or with you, you can send me an email at devotionswithdeanna at gmail.com. Join me next week because we will be studying um, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. And I'm excited about sharing that name with you. Have a great day, my friends, and I will see you soon. Goodbye.